This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Tactical Breakdown Series, a show in which we look at the players that have been linked to Arsenal and break them down in a statistical and analytical way with the help of some expert insight. I'm joined today uh, for what is becoming a regular feature for our Tactical Breakdown shows by European football expert Drew Thompson. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me back as always, buddy. Not bad. I'm more tired than you because obviously, uh, you know, you're able to watch Arsenal these days at a normal hour uh, and I'm not uh, for the next couple of weeks or so. Did you enjoy last night's game against the All-Stars? I did. And as everyone was talking about, I really enjoyed uh, Havertz's goal and his subsequent Mm. tweet about it this morning. So, yeah, yeah, that was perfect. So, yeah, it's a good start to the day. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. No, it was. Um, I was over the moon uh, with Havertz not only scoring, but, you know, giving it a bit of that on social media. Have that, I think, was the tweet, uh, which was, you know, fantastic. So, yeah, very, very, very happy indeed uh, regarding that. Right. uh, Let's go into talking about today's player, which is uh, Mohamed Kudus. uh, Or Kudus. How do I pronounce this correctly, Drew? You're going to be better than me at this sort of thing. Uh, Kudus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it my best shot. I, every time I've said it, I've said Kudus before. I've said Kodus, uh, you know, and I've been <laughs> corrected by uh, our Ghanaian listeners in the comment section berating me for my pronunciation, which they are absolutely within their rights to do. So Mohamed Kudus um, is hopefully, uh, I hope at least this summer, going to become an Arsenal player. But the latest, just to give you kind of a... You know, an indication about who uh, or rather what is going on in the situation with Kudus. The link from uh, the mail is where kind of this main link is coming through on Sammy Motbel, who is very well uh, kind of connected uh, regarding Arsenal. And uh, he suggests that there is an interest from Arsenal in the player. Now, very quickly, Drew, I think what we find is when we see a link to a player, obviously a lot of subsequent pieces get written by idiots like myself, kind of breaking these players down, doing videos on them, which kind of creates this sense amongst the Arsenal fan base that maybe 
the player is closer to moving to Arsenal than the reality of the situation. Certainly my understanding is that Arsenal's interest is interest at the moment. And, and that's what it is. It's not a bid. It's not negotiations with Ajax. It's an interest that Arsenal could potentially pursue the player. And it does seem that they need to move some players out before any kind of moves will happen, be that for Kudus or for somebody else. But what do you make of kind of the latest on, on this link? I mean, well, firstly, I mean, I like it. Before anything about uh, Kaivas came you know, up to the boil, this is a player that I kind of advocated for in and around the World Cup. Uh, another Adam Vogue, I know a lot of you listeners will know who Adam Vogue is. He did a lot of work on it as well. And we both kind of chatted a few times about we pegged Kudus as a player who we wanted to come in for that left eight role before anything happened with Havertz. But his versatility still kind of shines through in a way that if you look at this past season for Ajax, he almost exclusively played as a right winger and a center forward. He only featured a fair few times in central midfield. So he was utilized you know, in, in the areas that we know for a fact that if we do do a deal later on in the window, we want to look at the forward line. So this, to me, would make a lot of sense. Given what he produced last season, I think he had um, 17 or 18 goals in all competitions last season. Uh, more importantly, he had four and six in Champions League. And that brings a lot of uh, Champions League experience to a side who only for the last, between this summer and last summer were finally starting to actually bring in pieces of players who have Champions League experience right on right in line for the fact that Arteta we know wants to compete in Champions League not just make up the numbers so if we're bringing in profiles of players who have already been there that helps us as well you know as, as great as people like you know, Saka and Martinelli and all of them are they do lack that European pedigree a little bit and the fact that you can bring in a player like Kudus who can fit into three different roles and do it at a Champions League level, that's how you know you're on the right track, right? So for the for, even if the league isn't super strong, for base value, it's a link that I absolutely love. And because he's versatile, he will get minutes. I don't think you would have to worry about spending money on a player who might get five stars. I think he'll start more than that. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's the kind of business that you really want to see. It's the kind of business that you know for a fact that you can say, we have the depth and quality uh, and a, a particular level that will help us compete on all fronts. And because we know Arteta wants to do that, we know Eddie wants to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy if it, if it actually comes to fruition. I don't know. But I think it's the kind of profile we want. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the, the key point around the versatility is, is absolutely key. I mean, this season he played 17 games on the right, 16 games through the middle, uh, centre forward, and still played nine games in what Transfer Mark describes as an attacking midfield role. Um, although what you often find is kind of these attacking midfield roles can also still be in wide areas um, and, and they're misrepresented. So he's played plenty uh, this season, which is a bit of a first because he has suffered with injury issues over the last few years. I think I saw Andy Brassel uh, talking about the player uh, yesterday suggesting that really he's only had one full season um, in I mean even this season he had a couple of issues he had a hamstring injury missed four games uh, in 21-22 he had an ankle injury missed six games he fractured a rib and uh, missed 13 games and then the season before that in 2021 he had a mis- uh, meniscal injury which cost him 15 games and then fitness issues in January cost him six issues after that meniscal injury uh, and the knock-on effect of that but last season you know Getting in the amount of games that he did, uh, 42 across all competitions uh, was obviously a really good return. 18 goals, as you say, across all competitions, seven assists as well, 25 goal contributions came out really well and was a standout, as you say, for Ghana in his moments for uh, the World Cup as well, which also raised his profile. In terms of other teams that are interested, we've heard that Brighton are potentially interested. 
that'd be a bit of a coup, I think, for for them, uh, adding Kudus to the team, to the likes of Meetama. And probably, as you say, if he's if you like him in that eight role, he'd probably be a good replacement for what McAllister has done, playing that kind of central attacking midfield, box-to-box style role. So, yeah, uh, I think that's what you'd probably get from him if he was to move to Brighton. But for Arsenal... The fact he's played a lot on the right, I think, brings great competition to Bakaya Saka, which we need. And if Saka is out, could have slots in there. I think if you've got Havertz as well, and I know that we were talking off air and in the chat about the idea that both Havertz and, and Kudus coming in would be an amazing kind of uh, dynamic for us, considering they're two players I know you've wanted at the club for, you know, for some time. And so seeing both coming in the same window would be rather impressive. Uh, but let's have a look at his FB ref profile. Uh, first of all, looking at kind of his attacking stats. What you first notice about him is, is obviously his goals and assists. This, these stats, by the way, when you look at FB Ref and you look at the stats for a, a player in the Eredivisie, it does make comparisons and percentiles for players in the leagues ranked, I think, fifth to eighth um, rather than the, the top five leagues. So it's worth pointing that out uh, in, in an FB Ref context. So that's why when we did the Uri and Timber one, he stood out so greatly. But we can still have a good effect at kind of what area of his game stands out compared to other players in attacking midfield and wide positions. Goals are more so than assists. And I think it's the creation side of his game, Drew, which is certainly still needing development in that area. Yeah, and I think that's why if the move does happen, I think that's why we'd be looking at him in terms of a wide player, not a central player, where we have someone like, you know, Havertz and Odegaard who are creative and then even residually behind that if we're going to say maybe use someone like smith row in the left eight you know fabio Vieira, those kind of players are more creative i think kudus is i think his bread and butter is getting into goal scoring positions getting into the box mm-hmm. the touches he gets into the box are incredibly important and then if you actually filter his fb ref numbers to focus on forwards and not attacking midfielders you kind of see how he stacks up against forwards from the area division it's actually quite strong so i do think his and you, you also saw that for ghana in the world cup as well where even when he came into central spaces, he was always looking to get forward, get into the final third, get into a good goal-scoring position. His movement off the ball is very good. He's got a clean strike on the ball. So I think these are profiles that, similarly to Saka, who, who can be creative, but I think Saka's at his greatest threat when he's getting into a goal-scoring position. I think we all can kind of know and understand that when he tucks in, you're expecting at least testing the keeper, getting a goal. You know, His, his goal-scoring levels last year kind of produced those numbers that you want to see. So I think with Kudus, I think that's kind of where maybe we'll see him shine bright. So I think that's also why Ajax and I moved, or moved him into more uh, using him as a forward. Where at, at, at Nordsjælland, he was used in central midfield quite a bit. But as he moved to Ajax, they moved him further forward and on the right. And I think there's a reason for that. I think he's just a better goal threat than he is, more essential creative threat. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it actually suits everything that we need. Yeah, I think it's demonstrated a lot in his possession stats. You know, take-ons attempted 98 percentile, successful take-ons 99, successful take-on percentage 98, tackled during take-on percentage 99. Um, rarely is 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 kind of in that position tackled during when he's he's doing a take-on. That said, he does get dispossessed uh, a fair amount as well, 3.21 times per 90, which leaves him in the first percentile, which is a rare stat you see in FB Ref, a player being in the first percentile. He does get dispossessed. And I think that comes from still the, the raw side, perhaps, of his game, still being 22 years of age. He's got some development to, to come through. But what I want to do is is get a little bit also onto the defensive side, and we'll do that when we come to the player comparisons. Comparing him to Taka, Trossard, Diaby, you know, Trossard, a player that could 
can play both centrally, as we're seeing at the moment, and in those wide areas, and did that for Arsenal last season, played centre-forward, played wide left, thought would be a good comparison. Musa Diaby is the most other notable wide player that we have been mentioned in links with. And of course, Bakai Saka is the current starting right winger and a player that might come in to compete with him. It only makes sense to compare the numbers with him. So we start with goal, uh, we start with minutes played, even though this is, by the way, for league statistics. So this is only the 30 Eredivisie games um, that he played last season. 1,789. What we found uh, a lot, Drew, is that he was... He was starting consistently in the second half of the season, but in the first 14-ish games, it was kind of like starting some, not so much starting others. Do you feel as though that represents him establishing himself in the Ajax team towards the end of the season and therefore showing that level of development that he's ready to make the next step? Oh, no, 100%. There was rumours last summer that he may have actually been sold. Ajax were still not necessarily sure if he had a future at the club. Um, and the first half of the season kind of showed that, but then the, the way he proved himself with Ghana and then moving forward in the second half of the year, he kind of really exploded. And this goes to a comment that one of the listeners uh, had said it before. I don't, uh, I don't know the name, but uh, SH342474 said he's from, he said that he's Danish, didn't rate him at, at North Zealand. And as part of that speaks true, Ajax usually, because their academy is so good, they usually, if they buy someone outside of the academy, usually they see something in that player. So I saw something in uh, in, uh, in way. He didn't really hit the ground running. His first two seasons, he struggled, you know, um, and they weren't sure about him last season. But he's kind of built up to that. He's matured quite a bit, um, and they found a role for him that's more suited to him for me, which I think is actually as a forward, as a wide player, or as in the center forward channel. I think that's that suits his game, and I think the FBRF kind of backs that up. So I do think if you're looking at it in terms of uh, bringing him in as a wide man or even as a residual number nine because he has played there as well, I think the picture becomes more clear. I think if we were looking at him maybe as a left eight, there would, it would require a lot of refinement. I would still, and I think that's why maybe if he did go to Brighton, I think that would also make sense because Deserby has done wonders for some of those young players as well. So I do think maybe yeah. that would suit him better than, than us. I think he'd be maybe off the standard for Arteta as a central midfielder currently. Not that he would develop later, which I think he could, but as a wide player, I think he could come in and automatically have an impact. And I think that's... That's kind of the why we're looking at it. Yeah, we we touched upon um, his uh, kind of goals, and he, he does rank well. You know, the highest goals per ninety compared to any of the other uh, three on this list: zero point five five compared to Saka's zero point four, Trossard's zero point three two, and Diaby's zero point three. But creatively, is where he falls down. You know, zero point one five assists per ninety compared to Saka's zero point three one. Trossard's 0.48, been very creative for us, and Diaby's 0.27. However, what is interesting is despite his assists being low, his shot-creating actions per 90 is still relatively good. You know, Trossard ranked, I think, as the highest on that list, but they have the exact same shot-creating actions per 90 metric at 3.41. So what is clearly happening, it's the quality of chances that he's creating isn't necessarily as high as that as the ones that Saka and, and Trossard are creating. So I think this shows potential. You know, I think it shows that, you know, he's not not a creative player. He's a creative player that is more so lean towards, as you said earlier, on goal scoring and getting into the box in dangerous situations. But he is willing to try and be creative for his teammates. He's just not refined that part of his game. Would that be fair? Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. I do think, you know, Arteta said um, during the the North America trip that he, you know, he loves to use midfielders. And, you know, there's obviously scope to suggest that maybe Kudus is a midfielder just being used as a forward, or maybe he's a forward that was just being used as a midfielder and no one kind of really knows 
or he'll land still potentially. But if we know anything about Arteta and how he's been able to develop younger players, you can look at the good bits that Kudus does have and the, the things that need to be ironed out, and you can still see there's a profile of player in there that would, I think, flourish given Arteta's ability to, to, to bring the best. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's out of a player. So I'm not, I, at this point, I kind of, it's a little weird. I, I, it's very rare that I now question the players that we target. I think there's got to be a reason for it. And I think yeah. whenever we've gone out and spent a considerable amount of money on a player, say 30, 40, 50 million, those players have all come good. Every single one of them. And I think that speaks to the fact that when I try to know there's something about a player that he knows will fit into what he wants to do. It's about bringing the best bits out of those players collectively to suit whatever style he wants, whatever tactical, whatever tactical schematic he wants. If he thinks that player can improve us, whether if it's in the, in the 11 or the depth that we have to make sure so that we're still competitive when we have to make changes, you know, I, I, I do put faith in that. So I do think that, um, I don't think he'll come in and immediately start matches. I don't think that's what it's going to be. I think you'll see him as Saka's deputy, rightfully so. But also, there's still space for him to come in in one of the left eight positions, maybe, depending on availability. There's still space for him to come in, maybe through uh, as a number nine, depending on fitness and availability. And again, that's the whole point. The whole point is to bring in players who can play two, three, four different positions. It gives you something different. It gives you options, as long as it keeps the standard to a level where you're not going to drop off. And I think that's one of the issues we all know that we had last season. When we had to make changes, we were concerned about how the level drops. And that's why Saka couldn't come out ever. That's why he had, That's why he was so burnt out, right? We didn't really have a player that we could trust. I think. Uh, I still think Reese Nelson could play on the right because you know at, at academy level he played on the right, at uh, Hoffenheim he played on the right, at Feyenoord he played on the right. But I do think you get two different players when you have Nelson as a right winger and Nelson as a left winger. And I do think maybe for what Arteta wants to do, he needs someone in a, a specific type of player for that right hand side to bring out Nelson's ability to be that particular player on that left-hand side. So, yeah, I just think that it's, it's hard to look at this as a, as a bad move, but I do think fans would have to maybe sort of taper their expectations about how good he would be initially. I don't think it's one of those kind of rice, timber, Harvard skills yeah. where they'll come in and make an immediate immediate you know needle mover. I think Kudus would be more of a slow burner. I think you'll see good bits from him this season. You'll see some bad bits if, if the deal comes off, but I think it would be next season where you'll see after that Arteta refinement where you'll get like that player that your fans would love. So. I think there's something to be said about a comparison with Fabio Vieira and a lot of fans have written off Fabio Vieira this, this season because we've seen him have one year of transition. It was really hampered by injuries in pre-season and also uh, during that winter period as well. And we'll see this season whether or not Fabio Vieira comes good. I've very much now got kind of a two-season cutoff for where Arsenal are as a club. I think you get two seasons to prove yourself and it's not happening after that. You need to be looked at as, as being replaced. I also think that, you know, 
the idea that we bring somebody in and they're not going to provide an instant impact in the right wing role is more to do with the fact of the person they're going up against. You know, Bukayo is not going to be displaced. You're not going to find somebody that's going to give you a level playing field to compete with Bukayo You can bring someone in that you think has got the potential to do that, which like Kudus could potentially give some real good competition, but can also give some immediacy right now. Drew, I feel like you wanted to jump in. Go on. No, 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 no. I'm just, I was reading the comments a little bit, see what people were saying, and I just had my own kind of just thoughts, but um, no, I do think, but I think that's accurate. And um, there's something also that uh, I had chatted with uh, Adam Vogue about maybe mm, three weeks ago when we were trying to suss out, you know, like where we're going with minute distribution and how that racks up against someone like Man City. You know, people talk about that Pep rotates, but I mean, he does, but he doesn't. You know, Pep really relied on the same 14 players last season and then sparsely yeah. with the rest of the squad. When, you, when you're challenging on all fronts, you need to use your best players as often as possible. That's the only way you win things. So Saka is still going to play heavy minutes. You know, he'll still play 3,500 minutes across all competitions this season, maybe pushing, and that's okay because that's normally what happens with your best player. They play as often as possible. Terry Henry did the same thing. You know, Robert Perez did the same thing. Rarely were they ever dropped, you know, one match off here and there, but they're starting every week. The key is... If you're going to use those players every week in the starting 11, you have to make sure that you don't use them for 90 minutes if you can avoid it. That's the key. The key is to have someone who can come in for Saka for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, when a match is done and dusted, and make sure he's not playing 90 minutes all the time. So if he's making 40, 45 starts, you know, you, you have to just take some minutes off at the tail end of that. It's interesting that we talk about Musa Diaby because Musa Diaby featured 47 times for Leverkusen last season between Bundesliga, Europa League, and uh, the DP Pokal. So he featured all the time. And that's okay because they didn't really have a player that could give Zabilanto that level when he wasn't in the 11. So, yeah, no, I think I don't think Saka's going to be displaced ever. But you still need someone who is competent enough to where you don't have such a drastic reduction in, in quality and playing level that it actually becomes detrimental. So, yeah, these, these are deals you need. So I do think Kudus could still do something for us for sure. But... I don't think you're going to see it often. I still think he needs, like we said before, he needs some some ironing out, some refinement, but there's still a player there. Without a doubt there is, yeah. So let's see what happens. Um, obviously, we talked already about his ability on the ball that shines through here. Successful take-ons, 4.57 is more than double that of any other player on this list. And not only that, but his success rate with those take-ons, 62.3% is the only one over 50% uh, of any of the others on this list as well. Very impressive indeed. It's the defensive side of a forwards game that always will come to the fore for Mikel Arteta. He wants players that are committed in both ends of the field, both in and out of possession. And I think that these statistics show that he fits still into that category. Uh, 0.95 tackles, one per 90. Only Saka has more and it's only 0.01 more uh, than him at 0.96. Trossard 0.52. Diaby 0.27. Clearances 0.65 compared to Saka's 0.54, Trossard's 0.16 and Diaby's 0.1. And lastly, recoveries as well. 5.43 recoveries compared to Saka's 3.6, Trossard's 4.44 and Diaby's 2.9. Out of possession, he still gives you that effort, which is really, really key and absolutely something that Arsenal can need. And I think probably shines from his time playing in midfield at Norseland, as you pointed out, he's probably gained that. Uh, that ability to defend in midfield, playing in wide areas as well, and, and shines through in those areas. So we come to a verdict, Drew, on Mohamed Kudus. 
we talk about price. We have to talk about other factors. I see in the chat box, Samir said, what happens in the African Cup of Nations? Partey and Kudus will be gone. The point of doing deals like this and bringing in as much depth as we can is so that things like the African Cup of Nations don't affect us. Um, and, you know, Kudus, if we sign him, is a bonus. So if he goes in the African Cup of Nations, you know, it's it's not going to be that big of a hit. We've signed Rice. We've got Jorginho losing Partey wouldn't necessarily be a problem either. But what's your verdict on a... I mean, we've not really seen too much regarding a price tag. I have seen suggestions between 30 and 40 million euros, potentially up to maybe even 40 million pounds. So 45 million euros to get a deal done. But, you know, if the asking price of Timber was 60 million euros and we got that down to 40 plus five, I'd be pretty confident in getting in between 30 and 40 million pounds. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think currently, is, I think is. I mean, you can obviously take it with a grain of salt, but I think it's transfer market market value is 40 million euros, so like 34 million pounds, give or take. And that's, as you said, it's probably right around where we're going to want to do a deal. Um, I think a few factors come in. He has Champions League experience. Um, he's played for a big club. He's young. So all those things are coming to price. We're not going to get him for like 20 million pounds. It's just not happening. But I do think there, there would have to be a point where we'd have to cap it like anything. I think if, if IX want you know, 40 million or over, I think we'd have to say... Yeah you know, good luck, we'll go elsewhere kind of thing, just because he's not going to be, an, an, for me, an immediate 40 million pound player for us, whereas someone like a Timber, I think certainly will. I think Timber is well ahead of kind of the standard of, in terms of what we want in a player. I think who just has, again, had a lot of refinement is needed, so I wouldn't want to pay maybe that much personally. Um, but overall, I think his profile is what we need. I think he is a player that we actually do need. Um, especially depending on how we move the pieces around the forward line in terms of how Arteta wants to use everybody. And the fact that now we're trialing Trussard essentially instead of uh, out wide kind of tells me that Nelson will probably be used as a left winger. Residually as a right winger, but usually yeah, yeah, mostly on the left. And then uh, Smith yeah. Rowe as a left winger, maybe he can come in essentially as well. But it, it seems we do really need a right-sided player. I think he'll fit that bill. Yeah, so. I think Smith will also be used as a rotational option with Odegaard as well. Yeah. I think Smith Rowe's future is very much as a direct attacking ten, you know, yep. and I think he'll offer that as well. Yeah, yeah. Just, I and mean, they... while we've been while we've been live, um, Fabrizio Romano has just reported that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Diaby will be joining Aston Villa uh, for a fee in excess of 50 million euros. That's like a that's a massive coup for them. That's a huge. That's a huge. Yeah, coup. It's a, it is a massive coup. What yeah. I would say, and I, and I want to discuss the dynamic of this in relation to a deal like Kudus, because sure. Arsenal could have afforded Mr. Diaby, right? They, yeah. they absolutely could have afforded to pay. I think in you know around 40 to 50 million pounds to get Diaby. Mm-hmm. If they end up signing Kudus, say instead, hypothetically. Do you think they would have got the better deal for, say, 30 to 40 compared to 40 to 50 for Diaby? I think for what Arteta wants, yes. As, as much as I rate Diaby, and let's be clear, I think Diaby for me is one of the top wingers in Bundesliga over the last two years. He's exceptionally good as an attacking player. Where Diaby falls massively short is the defensive side of this game. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah. really press well, doesn't tackle well, doesn't meet the lines very well. He's very much a kind of sit on the line, be direct, get into space, beat one or two men, drive forward. He's not. Yeah, a little bit. There's a little bit of, yeah, there's a little bit of, I think think it ended up being a better player than Nicola Pepe is or was or or whatever. But his deficiencies, I think for me, are such that he just would not suit Arteta. And I'm fine. That's okay. And this is kind of what I mean about Town ID, where we've been linked with Diaby dating back to last season. But yeah, so we Mm. never pulled the trigger. I think this is the reason why. You know, I think he'll much more better suit maybe what Sabi Alonso has going on 
or, or he better suited with Zabi Alonso going on rather than I think, and certainly this will probably suit Emery as well. Because if you just sit deep and look to spring Diaby on the counter, that will suit what Emery maybe will do some of the time. But in terms of using a high press system with Arteta, you know, needing a versatile player who is capable of not just being a winger, I think we'll get the better deal just because Kuda suits us better on a tactics mm-hmm. than Diaby does. I think, but it doesn't mean Diaby will fail. I think that's a huge no, move for no, no. Villa. That's what, that shows their ambition clearly. Mm. That they're going to push on for a top six place. They 100% will want to target Brighton this year, who might falter in Europe because you know, they have Europa League. Mm. So that's yeah, good good for them for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's going to show kind of the level of competition there is in the Premier League and what they're doing. What I would say is, you know, Villa have, have done business before where I've been like, oh, they got Emi Brendia, and I was very angry about that. <laughs> and then it didn't necessarily work out. But I remember the discussions we had in the chat about, about Brendia. Remember that? Everyone was just yeah. like, yeah, it was good, but it's Wait, fine. That but... was my most viewed video of 2021. <laughs> Me <laughs> ranting about the fact that Emi Brendia had gone to Villa. So, mm. you know, it's, you oh, can dear. be annoyed about things. But I would say is obviously Unai Emery was the coach that wanted Zaha, wanted, well, and ended up getting Pepe as well. Um, yeah. Diaby is a very similar style of signing, I think, to those. Mm-hmm. And Emery wants kind of attackers that are all about attack. Um, Chiquazi as well, they're similar as well. Absolutely, for him, you know, mm. and I, I think that when it comes to Arteta, he wants players that are going to give you a much more rounded performance. And Diaby, compared to uh, compared to Kudus, is, is just not that. Um, but that's that's going to round off uh, our show for today. Let us know in the comment section down below if you uh, are and would be happy with the idea of Arsenal signing Mohamed Kudus. Just to stress this again, of course, the link right now is, is purely of interest. Arsenal have not made a bid. They're not in negotiations with Ajax to our understanding at the moment in time. That could change. I think it depends upon outgoings first and we'll see how that flows. But it's interesting. I use the word flow to describe how this moves next because it could be very much to do with following Balogun's future. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, in the next few weeks or so. Drew, thank you so much for your time, mate. Tell people they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at xgrumpper90, um, which is pretty apt given my mood about Twitter in the last month. Um, and yeah, you can have um, got my uh, work over at 101. And then I finally started a free sub stack, but I'm focusing that oh, on... Nice things away from just football more about talking about things like mental health issues mm. with racism and prejudice my love of traveling so just more of like a, a personal blog that i share if people want to read it go for it if you don't it's fine but that's kind of my way of moving out of football writing for when i have my own free my own free time that's also on twitter as well you can find there so yeah thanks for listening guys and it was a good chat as always Always a pleasure to chat with you. Make sure you check out Drew's stuff. It's fantastic. At xgrump per 90, uh, you'll find. I can tell you his FB ref stats for grumpiness are in the 99th percentile. So uh, make sure that you check them out. That's, that's the best analysis you've ever done, Tom. Way to go. What can I say? Uh, if you want to hear more of the analysis in person, uh, you can do that by coming to our live event in London on the 13th of August, the Sunday. It's the day after the first game of the Premier League season against Nottingham Forest. I'll be joined by some uh, other people that enjoy breakdowns of players, including FK and Latte Firm. Of course, Harry Simi from the Chronicles of Aguna. Mike, our good friend Mike Fine, Berg, uh, B-U-R-G, spelled incorrectly. Uh, Bailey Keogh from Your Boys. Uh, you can find us all at the events. Thank you to everyone that's already bought tickets. You can find a link to those tickets and where you can buy them down in the description you'll find us at the mild may club in london on the 13th of august so thank you to everyone for listening do drop a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you're new share it around to people that want to find out more stuff about mohammed kudus thank you again to drew we will see you again very soon and as always up the arsenal 
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.